going on, everybody? Welcome back to yet another episode of Pro Reads. And I am not here today with Jaden. Uh, Jaden is a close contact with someone who tested positive for COVID-19. So he obviously is not here. Obviously, that would put me at risk. So I'm here today with a very special guest, Jared Hirschfeld. What's up, everyone? All right, so we'll get right into it because we were literally just about to click the record button of this podcast. And Jared, you want to tell him because you're the one who told me. Yep, breaking news here that Aaron Jones has re-signed with the Green Bay Packers at four years, $48 million. Aaron Jones, man, re-signed. So we were just literally about to make this a topic and talk about him, where we think he's going to land, is he overrated, stuff like that. So for me, obviously running backs aren't the highest in value. You can find a bunch of good running backs really anywhere. So I don't know how I feel about that with the, the Green Bay Packers because A.J. Dillon, you got there, Jamal Williams. Uh, I love A.J. Dillon, obviously. He's a Boston guy, so I have some bias to him. But uh, I would have loved to seen A.J. fill like a starting role, kind of, and like really develop. I don't know what you think, but uh, I would I would have loved to seen that. So I don't know about this move. Um, yeah, it's definitely like I don't really disagree with it because Aaron Jones is still a very solid running back, but A.J. Dillon has shown that like he can step up. He can be reliable. Also, yeah. Jamal Williams is a pretty solid running back as well. So I honestly wasn't expecting this at all. I was expecting Aaron Jones to hit free agency. Indeed. And uh, one of the top landing spots, I believe, was the Miami Dolphins. And Jaden's not here, obviously, but that that is his team. So, I mean, that would have been pretty cool for them. But, yeah. Green Bay Packers, he stays with the Packers, and I guess that's that. It's a very, very interesting. Uh, yeah, we'll see how it is next year. I mean, I personally, if I'm the Packers, I'm not signing him. So that's just my opinion. Um, but, yeah, that's all we got to say about Aaron Jones. Big for him. He's obviously staying in Green Bay, so he's probably happy. So that's good. Um, so topic number two, we're going to talk about Cam Newton, another person who just got signed to a deal. So Cam Newton, obviously me and Jared are both Patriots fans, big, big Patriots fans. And, you know, obviously Cam didn't have a great year last year. Matter of fact, it was trash. He had eight touchdown passes. Don't know how many yards. I mean, he, he was fine on the ground. Like running, I saw some some really nice flashes there. But uh, obviously fumbling against the Bills was awful. That's just how he lost that first game against them. But in my opinion... And I'm saying this now, Cam Newton will have a great year next year if, if he gets weapons. If we bring back a similar offense, what makes you think he's going to have better production with the same offense? But if you sign someone like Kenny Galladay, like Juju, like anyone really, any big name receiver in free agency with someone like Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry, possibly Kyle Pitts if he falls in the draft, with Damian Harris in that backfield and that offensive line from left to right as of today, if we can, if we can sign David Andrews back, from left to right will be Trent Brown, Michael Onwenu, uh, David Andrews, Shaq Mason, and Isaiah Wynn. And that's a fabulous offensive line. So this offense, if you add someone like Galladay, in my opinion, is a, is a is a fabulous offense. So what do you think, Jared? Do you like the Cam signing? Uh, definitely raises some eyebrows, but Cam. Last year, Cam Newton definitely had the worst year of his career, without question. Easily, easily. Passed for 2,657 yards, which is very below average. Mm-hmm. I mean, passing touchdowns, very low. And yeah, then he, he had more interceptions than passing touchdowns. But yeah. 
when you look at the rumors as of late of a guy like Nikhil Harry, people saying that he's on the wrong team as the role that he's in is kind of like a number two, number three receiver. But pretty much in my opinion, Kenny Galladay is Nikhil Harry at his ceiling. If Nikhil Harry is good, like he's Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay led the league in receiving touchdowns in 2019, I believe. And I think that Nikhil Harry is also a guy that's struggles a lot with getting open, with separation yeah, at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, he struggles separation. He's got the size, he's physical, but yeah, just getting the separation. Yeah, he's just, like, the comebacks he was running, I, I to, to me, in my eyes, he looked a little bit lazy, but if he can work really on forming that route running, I agree with you. I think he has a very high ceiling, but as of now, it's obviously not working out with us, so if we did trade him, I feel like I wouldn't mind, and even if he gets traded somewhere and blows up and becomes a great receiver... You could ask yourself, would he really have done that here? So Yeah, and I think a receiver is definitely like a necessity here. I mean, looking at the draft, I really like a guy like Jalen Waddell, him going to 15. Mm-hmm. Not too sure if that's going to happen. Yeah. Also, a guy like Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota, really like the way he plays. Just not sure if we can feel like getting him at 15 just really depends what's on the board. But that I just think that would be a bit of a reach getting him at 15. Yeah, I, I I agree. Yeah, that would be that would be hard. But yeah, but but I think a lot of people are still trying to say that we should draft a quarterback, and I I don't agree with it now anymore. Um, I think we should really if 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 they're on the board, there's no excuse not to take Kyle Pitts or more. Like there's no there's no excuse. Yeah, it's just there. Yeah, when you look at uh, the options at QB, I mean this draft class is loaded at QB this year, yeah. and you look at a guy that's. Coming out of an FCS school, North Dakota State, Trey Lance, Trey Lance. had an yeah, unbelievable okay. pro day. Yeah, and that's great what arm talent. He's yeah. a cannon. And that's what people say. Hey, like this guy's legit. Yeah, he didn't play it like Alabama, but he's he's a legit quarterback. And I think that is going to help his draft stock a lot. I just think you have Trevor Lawrence, which is a given. He's going first overall, so it's pretty much Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, and Trey Lance. So that's a lot of talent at the QB position. Indeed. And they're all projected to go in the first round. I mean, mm-hmm. it's tough re-signing Cam Newton because it is also a one-year deal. So if you want to draft a QB and have Cam Newton sort of like mentor them or just even see if they're ready, and Cam Newton's just kind of like off to the side, yeah. taking the backup role, really just depends what Cam Newton is. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, gonna be I, I wouldn't be player. totally obligated against that. Like if we – if Pitts is off the board and the good receivers are off the board, if you draft someone like Mac Jones, even though he's not like a, the same play type as Cam Newton, he's not a scrambler, even though just to sit behind a veteran like Cam for a couple games. And if Cam, let's say, first four or five weeks is playing bad like he did last year, put in Mac Jones, give him the chance. And then if he is playing well, obviously, don't change anything. Just keep him in and have Mac Jones keep learning because even though they're two different play types, it's still all the same with reads decisions it's all the same one with that aspect so i wouldn't be totally obligated against uh drafting a qb but uh i do think the most value would be finding cam weapons so yeah definitely gotta get stuff around him i mean passing the ball it's definitely was definitely tough for him last year but he's definitely shown that he he could still run like he's still a threat with his feet definitely Mm, yeah, he had those passes where he would just completely miss people, like skip the ground. It was bad, but obviously, you know, the shoulder surgery, it's going to affect him. Age is coming up on him. 
he's not going to be like he was in 2015. I don't get why people can't get that through their heads. I think that's yeah. what they're expecting of him, which isn't realistic. Um, but if he can play a, a better than last year, somewhere in between last year and 2015 Cam, that would be enough to get the job done if they land someone like Kenny G. I mean, it's it's just a necessity. It, yeah. It's honestly a necessity to get someone that receiver. Let's just talk about his character, too, because yeah. Cam Newton, he's always in a good mood. He's always dancing. He's always in a positive mood. When he first signed last year, people were saying, oh, God, this is bad because Bill Belichick's this strict – you know, guy, the Patriot way, they call it. It's, it's, they're all business. They're all serious. Oh, Cam's not going to fit here. He's going to – Bill's going to hate him, all this stuff. And Bill says he's the hardest worker I know, first guy in, last guy out. He's done everything we've asked of him. Like, he, he is super high on Cam Newton. Yeah. And even after the season, he said he loved what Cam did despite having that awful season. So I think he also is thinking what we're thinking. It was the receiver's – it was it was the core itself, you know, Nikhil Harry not getting separation. Like when you're when you're scanning the field as a quarterback and you look out there and you're trying to make a read and no one's getting separation, you don't have like a star receiver to throw to. It's hard. And we saw him week one and week two when he had jewels and before he got COVID played very, very well. And I understand that the Miami Dolphins at the time and the Seattle Seahawks at that time were very, very like lowly rated secondaries. But Miami Dolphins' defense, as the season went on, got very, very good. And I think it was still great for Cam to play good in that first week. Obviously, the second time we played the Dolphins wasn't the best game. But, yeah, um, yeah if we can get Cam with no COVID, a preseason, that's a big thing. He did not have a preseason last year in an entirely new system. Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick have been working with this guy named Tom Brady, the greatest of all time for the past 20 years. It's not only a big switch for Cam Newton, but it's a big switch for the coaching staff. You know, they've been working with this guy who isn't mobile in the slightest he's a pocket passer and they've been successful with him for that long so when you go to a scrambler and a big name scrambler not just some random guy this is cam newton we're talking about it's a lot of pressure and you know they're expecting the patriots to do well and in my opinion seven and nine last year was a success for the circumstances that we were in no preseason i'm fine with seven and nine but next year i think our ceiling if we can find a weapon could be like 11 and five yeah, I mean, Cam Newton is, in my opinion, the most misunderstood player in the NFL in terms of attitude and the way he approaches the game. And sure, like, Super Bowl 50, not his greatest uh, show of attitude and, you know, respect to the game. But I think the Patriots are very, they're very heavy on relying on their opt-outs coming back. So, like, Dante Hightower, yeah, he's coming huge, back he's at, defense. He's the whole leader of the defense. <clears throat> at 31, he's coming back. I mean, they're they're leaning on him. He's gonna have to have a great season if the Pats want to, you know, sneak in the playoffs and make a run. And Patrick Chung offers just more versatility at strong safety. And with Patrick Chung coming back, if he plays well, you can have Kyle Duggar in that sort of sub linebacker role that we've been seeing him play this Which past would be year. Great. Who's he's, he's got the he's got the build for it. Yeah, he's a hard he's, hitter. He yeah. hits people hard. He he's. I was telling Jared the other day that I think he's gonna be like a Jamal Adams type. And I, I made the prediction that by 2023, maybe 2024, that he would be like a star safety. So I do have high, high, high hopes for Duggar. And like you said, it's not just the offense, obviously. Offense can win some games. Defense wins championships. So that defense has to be good, as it usually is. Um, but, you know, it's got to really step up now, like you said, with those opt-outs coming back. And the defensive line as well. There's definitely some pieces going. I know Adam yeah. Butler is a pending free agent, as well as Lawrence Guy. 
Yeah. So and, that should be interesting itself, too. Yeah. And speaking of those key opt-outs coming back, we were expecting a man named Marcus Cannon to come back, but he just got traded. And I honestly like the trade a lot. And it's telling me that Bill Belichick wants to do something and make a big move like signing Kenny Galladay, which I like. Because all we did was trade him away yeah. for better picks in the later rounds. Like we just got better picks. So yeah. obviously they know that they're in the rebuilding phase and they want better picks. And Marcus Cannon was going to be a backup tackle anyway. Like, uh, I think Trent Brown and Wynn are better and younger. So they're, they should start. So I think that we yeah. won that trade. Definitely like... A thing with trading Marcus Cannon is the only, like, thing about that is Isaiah Wynn is a very injury-prone player. Mm-hmm. So they're just definitely going to have to, hopefully, he stays healthy. And what they did was they swapped their fourth, fifth, and sixth-round picks and then added Marcus Cannon as well to that deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't hate it at all. I think it's a good way to, like, get rid of some cap. Yeah, yeah, they got rid of six point two million in cap, and it's just a good way to hopefully land better players because we are on like a kind of rebuilding stage. So yes, that that does help, and yeah, I mean, I don't, I like the trade, I do. So, Cam, congratulations, getting reassigned. Hope he plays well next year. Um, I would love to see that out of him. So, what do we got next here? We got. Oh, yes, the Houston Texans. Talk about how the Houston Texans have started off their free agency. So first they start off their free agency by releasing Duke Johnson. Not really a huge deal. I mean, I don't dislike the move. But an eyebrow-raising thing is that they re-signed David Johnson to one year at $6 million, who's an aging running back, definitely on the decline. He had a good year in Arizona that one year, a very good year. Yeah. But he's just... I think he got injured, actually, the following year, but he's just never really been the same. He's not very effective. Mm. And signing Mark Ingram in free agency is very, very... Bad. Like, I, I think it's a clown move, bozo move. Well, it's just... It's a rebuilding organization. Exactly. Like with we, a new general yeah. manager, new head coach. And signing... So signing Mark Ingram, Christian Kirksey from the Packers... Bringing back Vernon Hargraves, a veteran corner, and then acquiring Marcus Cannon. Those are all, you know, players on the older side. Yeah, exactly. Like, you look towards... at the Houston Texans. Like, we all know they are down horrendous. They, mm-hmm. they in the past uh, couple years, have given away just about everything. And it's just, like, they're down horrendous. We all know that. And you're thinking, yeah, free agency, they can sign young players that can develop help them rebuild, get some draft picks, but they're doing just the opposite. You sign someone like Mark Ingram, Mark Ingram should be getting signed to a team that's a Super Bowl contender, just like Le'Veon Bell did. Like, Le'Veon Bell didn't play a massive role for the Chiefs. He was there because he wanted a ring and unfortunately didn't get it because of Tom Brady. So that's that's what I think. I think Mark Ingram should should be going somewhere to contend like he he's he's gonna be on the houston texans for what what do you think one or two more years before he retires maybe yeah and it's then, only a one-year deal exactly so. so what's that what's that what's that even gonna do besides like like it's not like he's a superstar running back mark ingram was like meh yeah. so it's just like i don't know i don't like it at all definitely this past year watching the ravens because uh i mean if i remember it correctly ingram Ingram started the year off as, you know, the running back one, but obviously towards the end of the year, you have J.K. Dobbins, Dobbins playing very well. Gus Edwards stepped up. 
Yeah, Jaden predicted that J.K. Dobbins would have a big year next year. I believe he said that in the podcast, and I, I like that. I like that a lot. And another thing that I don't mind, but it's definitely a little bit like the value that they got out of it was questionable, but it's uh, the Bernardrick McKinney trade to Miami for Shaq Lawson. So I don't mind that because they have Zach Cunningham in the middle, who's a pretty solid player in my mm-hmm. opinion, and trading McKinney frees up some cap room as well. But bringing in Shaq Lawson, I just don't understand. So Shaq Lawson had four sacks last season, coming off the edge, not very good. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, he's just not—he's not a reliable run def- run stopper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that edge rusher. When you're an edge rusher, I mean, you're getting a one-on-one a lot, obviously, when you're an edge because you're just getting that tackle. You should be getting more than four sacks. I agree with that. And I also agree with you. I don't like anything that the Texans have done. I don't. And it's just, they're just, in my opinion, debatably are going to be worse, if not this, like the exact same. So Yeah. I mean, definitely just a whole new system. You should go from Bill O'Brien. He's completely gone. He was actually the GM and the head coach. He's completely gone. They bring mm-hmm. in David Culley, the head coach. Very, very questionable. He was the Chiefs wide receiver coach in 2017, I think so. But it's just a bad move. Chiefs Everything wide receivers, zero touchdowns. It's just very, very questionable from the uh, Houston Texans organization. And honestly, should be very interesting watching them play next year. And I think we're forgetting about a huge thing is this whole Deshaun Watson. Yeah, exactly. Is he like? It, because at the end of the day, it's really not not necessarily his choice fully, you know? Like, he he's, could get traded, yes, and that's the organization's decision. He can do all he wants, like, demanding a trade, asking to leave, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's their choice. So, I mean, I think if you trade Watson at that point, you're, you're just saying, like, we're just completely redoing this whole organization. Yeah. Watson's, like, all they, all they have for, like... Yeah. Watson, uh, I think he's phenomenal. He's definitely a top three QB in this league. Yeah. In my opinion. I agree. It's just something that, you know, you see Jalen Ramsey saying that he knows Deshaun Watson, and when Deshaun Watson says that he's going to sit out, like, he's like, yeah, I don't think we'll see him in a Texans uniform. Yeah, and, like, look at – he had the most passing yards last year. Yeah. With with his offense, which isn't great. Mm-hmm. Like, Will Fuller's fine. Brandon Cooks is fine. Like, they're, like, fine receivers. Yeah, it was very, but, but very team, bad offensive yeah, line. Yeah, awful offensive line in our organization, as we've repeatedly said, is – horrendous so Mm -hmm. if he's putting up that with that organization i would love to see him play for a team like the green bay packers like you know teams that have star stars and are not only good on offense but good on defense like i'm talking super bowl contenders imagine watson on a team like that i mean is even more yards even more touchdowns like i just want to see it because obviously watson's an improviser he can do it on his legs and with his arm he has great arm talent at Clemson, he was just f- phenomenal. Like, he was just awesome. I know they recently ta- tagged Allen Robinson, but um, him in Chicago would be just incredibly interesting. Yeah, it's hard to, like, do the trade and see what they would give up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Darnell Mooney is very, very solid. I think he's a very solid rookie. You know, you get Allen Robinson as well. Cole yeah, Komet. Allen Robinson, one one of, if not the most underrated receiver in the NFL. Look, Cole, at, look at his quarterbacks he's had, and he's still put up good production. Cole Komet at the tight end position. Yeah. I think that would be a very interesting offense to watch. Definitely, yeah. And hopefully, I think I think they're going to draft maybe an O-lineman just yeah. to help more. But 
well, the Texans don't have a first or second round pick, so yeah. that's why I think trading Deshaun Watson is something they should do because he has no interest in playing there. Mm-hmm. And if they can get some first round picks out of him, then they maybe can start to, you know, have a Actually positive rebuild, yeah. rebuild. and yeah. not not just do what they're doing right now and signing vets. Like when you when you when you like sign a vet for like a one year deal, the goal of that ninety percent of the time is like. My team's really good. My team is a contender. I want to be better, and I want more experience. This is only going to help. Exactly. And we're going to sign them for, like, lower money. That's that's when you sign a vet. You don't sign a vet when you're like, yeah, my organization is down bad, and I need people. Like, like that's just like, just not what you do. I think I think that's just a clown move. That's terrible. But uh, that should be that should be good for the, the Texans. So we'll move on. This is a... Uh, if you guys remember, and if you watched the previous episodes, if you have not listened already, definitely, definitely do so. But Jaden and I, I believe it was episode two or three, played a game called Overrated Underrated, where we, we just roll through a list and we do a speed round. We say something, a player, an event, a coach, anything like that involved in the NFL, and we say overrated, underrated, or properly rated. So I will start. I will I will rattle off my list, and Jared will give me his opinion. So let's get right into it. Bobby Wagner. Uh, I think Bobby Wagner is you know properly rated. He's definitely on the older side, but he's still definitely very 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 good. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. Um, the thing about Derrick Henry here is that I definitely think he's like properly. Rated. I think he's properly rated. But a thing about him that would honestly make him, I don't know, he's just... Underrated? I I know what you're trying to say. Like, he had, no. he had an MVP caliber season as a running back, so you could yeah. call him underrated. Definitely. It's just... Yeah. But, yeah, properly rated is probably good. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Uh, Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick. Um, I think he's properly rated. I think people I understand agree. that he is a very, very good coach. I agree, yeah. People are acknowledging it, yeah. Next up, Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen? Um, I think he's properly rated. You know, as far as lists I've seen, he's definitely a top ten receiver, mm-hmm. and I've seen him in the top ten. I think he's, you know, he's a very solid receiver. The Patrick Mahomes throw in the Super Bowl when he was like sideways. Remember when his arm was like on the ground? He yes. Was in yeah. a perfectly straight line. Was that throw overrated, underrated, or properly rated? I think that's underrated. Honestly. I agree. I think it was one of the most underrated throws. Was it? Daryl Williams that he hit yeah, right in the right face. Right in the face. Yeah. Right off his face. Yeah, that was bad. But that the throw itself, the fact that he threw it that accurate, That's that nuts. hard, yeah. it's just unreal. It's incredible but, talent. Yeah. Unreal. And then next up, we got Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is definitely an interesting one. That's why I put him on there, yeah. Because I feel like I want to put him in the same category as Ryan Tannehill, sort of like a game manager mm-hmm. type of QB. But I think... Kirk Cousins is honestly a little bit underrated for the things that he can do. Devin McCourty. Devin McCourty. It's a really good one. <laughs> He's thinking hard about this one. I'm going to have to go with uh, overrated as of this this past year and mm-hmm. just go moving forward. He's only getting older. Okay. Mike Evans. Mike Evans. Mike Evans is uh, underrated. If you guys play Madden, throw the ball to Mike Evans. He's the best receiver. He doesn't <laughs> drop a thing. But going back to real life here, I think Mike Evans is very, very, very good. And he's definitely pro- definitely slightly, slightly underrated because everyone still has him as like a very solid receiver. Mm-hmm. 
Super Bowl 53, just the game in general. That was obviously Patriots versus Rams. It was 13-3. People said it was a boring game. But I want I want you to know, was it overrated, underrated, properly rated? So it's definitely an underrated game because you got to appreciate just a defensive showdown. I totally agree. People, yeah. people think it was boring, but I would have much rather watched that Super Bowl than this past one, honestly. Because yeah. the Bucks just, like, murdered the Chiefs. It wasn't entertaining. I would have much rather have watched... The Rams won. It was a defensive battle. Stephon Gilmore had that huge pick. That was that was awesome. And then Gronk obviously had the big catch. Yeah. Last of his career in in New England, obviously. But I I totally agree with that game being underrated. Yeah, and I feel like the people that say it's boring, you know, they don't really have a appreciation for the game of football. Yeah. Obviously, like they're like, yeah, like Super Bowl high scoring, offensive showdown, like Patrick Mahomes incredible throws, type yeah. of stuff. But I think you know that's something you definitely got to appreciate. It's the defensive aspect of football itself. Indeed. Next up, we got Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett is properly rated. Walter Payton, man of the year, don't know about that. But, I mean, he's, he's incredible. I mean, Miles Garrett is amazing. and He's just incredible edge rusher. You know, he's got, a, he's got plenty of uh, years left in the NFL, and I think he's a very dominant player. Definitely. Um, next up, we got Prime Cam Newton. Prime Cam Newton's an interesting one. I mean... Yeah, hasn't won a Super Bowl, but I mean, he was definitely somewhat consistent in Carolina, and I think he's he was very talked about. He's a very you know good quarterback. Yeah, definitely. So I would say probably properly rated. Okay. The Miami Miracle, Rob Gronkowski selling the bag. Oh, Kenyon Drake. <laughs> I mean, at the time, like stuff like that happens. So, like for instance, like it's happened before. Like, stuff like that, and how you, like, lateral it, go for the touchdown. Mm-hmm. For, I think it's properly rated for the amount of time, you know, it's it was been talked about. I mean, it's still talked about. You know, you don't see it on ESPN, but, like, you yeah. know, Patriots fans, Dolphins fans, I'm sure that c- conversation comes up. Mm-hmm. I would say properly rated. Okay. Next up, Clyde Edwards-Elair. So, Clyde Edwards-Elair is very interesting because... You look at, like, week one, you know, start of the year. Great game. But, you know, you go towards the end of the year, and I think he was kind of splitting carries with, you know, Daryl Williams even. I feel like Daryl Williams honestly became more, like, the main guy, and, you know, they signed Le'Veon Bell as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. It's either slightly overrated or properly rated. You know, I go back and forth between the two because he has a high ceiling. Yeah. Probably big, big, gonna yeah, say high ceiling, probably sure. gonna say properly rated because it's also his rookie year. Mm-hmm. Next up, AJ Brown. I like this one a lot. AJ Brown, I think, is just incredible. You know, he's very, very good, and I would definitely say underrated for him. I agree with that one thousand percent. And then last, and probably least. <laughs> Coach Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson's an interesting one because if you look at it in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 52, him, Bill Belichick, Nick Foles, Tom Brady. The game came down to coaching, and Doug Peterson outcoached Bill Belichick. Yeah, and Barry the Super Bowl. Bill. I mean, he got outcoached, I agree. He did, 100%. But then you look at this past year with Carson Wentz. I don't know if that's the higher-ups and uh, Jeffrey Lurie, Howie Roseman, but... As far as on the field, you see Doug Peters and kind of give Carson Wentz some of those, like, 
not so good looks, kind of looking at him funny, like he just doesn't belong or something like that. Yeah. And, you know, Jalen Hurts definitely getting some playing time. You for know, sure. Brandon Brooks being out for the year, Lane Johnson not playing much, and I mean. Yeah, the offensive line, we definitely, say it all the time, it means more than people think. So. Yeah, definitely, you know, both of them dealt with injuries, and I think that also played a role. You know, Alshon Jeffrey was in, invisible this year. Jalen mm-hmm. Rager just genuinely bad. Yeah. J.J. Arcega Whiteside, <laughs> a draft pick from 2019. Or, I mean, he hasn't done anything either. So, I mean, those are two, you know, uh, is, I don't remember if Arcega Whiteside was a first or second rounder, but either way, I mean, they, there's no production from the receivers. Mm. You know, Zach Ertz had an incredibly down year. Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard was probably, honestly, the best, like, receiver on the team and you know Deshaun Jackson's old yeah not you know the same the same Eagles Deshaun Jackson we're used to seeing so with Doug Peterson I don't know I mean I just I'd probably have to say properly rated at this point you know he's not a head coach mm-hmm. after this after the past few seasons I just I think probably properly rated I would go with all right so that was my list. We'll, we'll roll with yours now. I'll speed through these. So coming on my list, I'm going to start off with a kind of hot free agent, but Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman overrated uh, simply because he is not that good anymore, and that's all I have to say about that. Okay, fair. So now we're going to move on to former Patriot Malcolm Butler's career as a whole. His career as a whole overrated. He had that big pick. Brought him all the attention on the one-yard line. We all know about it. Don't have to talk about it. The season after that was a good season. It was a solid season, and it showed promise. And we're like, yeah, this guy's going to be a good corner for the next couple years. But the season after that one was brutal. And then he goes to Tennessee, not that good. And, you know, you told me earlier he was the most targeted corner in the league last year, so he got thrown to a lot. That shows that. He's not the strongest corner. You're going to throw to someone who's generally weaker and can't cover as well. So I'm going to go with his career overrated. Next one's kind of interesting, but uh, he's going to come off an injury this year. And, you know, he's definitely getting older. But uh, Julio Jones. Julio Jones could literally say any of the three, but I'm going to go with underrated. And I say that because I think he is the best overall receiver in the league. And I think people say Adams and stuff, but they're just – kind of basing it off last season. I think if you put Julio Jones in that situation, and obviously he wasn't healthy all last year, but if you put him like in that situation, like as a hypothetical, and like hypothetically last year, if he's on the Packers instead of Devontae Adams and he stays healthy, I think he puts up just as good of numbers, if not significantly better, because I think Julio Jones is the best in the league, but like I said, I would not argue saying D-Hop. I would not argue, you know, saying properly rated here, but I'm going to go underrated. Doesn't get enough love. Yeah, that's definitely definitely fair. The toe taps, yeah. Super Bowl, when he had a good quarterback. Yeah, when you look Matt at Ryan, MVP, MVP, yeah. MVP Matt Ryan, Super Bowl 51. He had that toe tap catch, even though they choked the game and lost, and then he mosses Malcolm Butler a year later. Like That was a gross catch. Larry Fitzgerald has said it. Uh, there's not a man on the universe built like Julio Jones. Yeah, and even even that year, they had a very young and inexperienced defense, and I think the offense was like you know the reason why they were in the big game that year. Mm-hmm. And 
MVP QB and Julio Jones, it's very good things as it's been demonstrated. Yep. Next one. This next one is a moment in NFL history, but Julian Edelman's Super Bowl 51 catch. I'm going to have to say underrated because the catch itself, because the amount of hand-eye coordination, the amount of skill, honestly, it just takes to, you know, grab that ball. Uh, He bobbled it and then, like, re-caught it right before it hit the ground. And that's just, it's just bizarre. It's crazy. And, yeah, and and Jared earlier was telling me about before the ball, like, you know, like, he, he, like, bobbled it, kind of let go of it and regained it, regained control. And at that moment when he was regaining control, what was it? What was it again? Like, the bird wings? So you tell me the amount of time it took for him to bobble it and then like regather it to like secure the catch. Mm-hmm. It's the amount of time he had was less than it takes a bird to flap its wings once. Exactly. So that itself, the catch itself, extremely underrated. Not many guys, if any, would come down with that. I feel like that's just like even Julian Edelman being put in that situation ten more times wouldn't make the catch those ten times. It's just one of those like wow, like one time crazy catches. So I'm going to go underrated. Definitely. And I think, honestly, to add to that, the catch, you know, the catch itself, I don't even think was necessary in that game. You know, the Pats are riding a ton of momentum. And I think if Julian Edelman doesn't make that catch, you know, they're they're still going to win the game regardless, I think. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's why I'm saying the the catch itself, the skill itself, underrated. Absurdly, like, out of this world. Mm-hmm. Next, we have a young running back uh, on the Miami Dolphins who goes by the name of Miles Gaskin. I'm going to go slightly underrated with Miles Gaskin. Um, Dolphins don't have a good offensive line, and Gaskin still did his job. Played his role well. Um, going into that season, obviously, people weren't like he's the guy. They were obviously talking about people like Howard, you know, thinking that they're going to step up, but they didn't. And Gaskin filled the role well, and I think if he's on a team with a top-tier offensive line like the Browns, the Patriots, the Eagles when they're fully healthy, the Colts, he's putting up even crazier numbers, and then he gets in that top 10 stats-wise, top 10 running back category. Yeah, totally. I mean... The next one? uh, Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams, overrated. He hits hard. He cannot cover. Julian Edelman went crazy on him in week two. 34-year-old, probably banged up Julian Edelman. I mean, you got to be able to guard him. He's slow. He's so slow. Like, you can't you can't get beat deep by Julian Edelman. I, I, I know it's one game, and you don't judge people off one game, but I've seen it again and again. He has struggled with pass coverage a lot. And I agree that he is most definitely, like, a top three, top five safety in the NFL. I just don't think he's the best in the league. Yeah, totally. I mean, you got to be able to do it all to be the best in the league. Mm-hmm. Next, we're going to have another safety, uh, Tyron Matthew. Tyron Matthew, I'm going to go with properly rated. A year ago today, I would be saying underrated, but now, you know, obviously back-to-back Super Bowl appearances, one of them being a Super Bowl win. Uh, I think he's gotten his credit now that he really deserves. But before, not as much. That's why I was saying underrated. I was asked this last year, but... Right now, properly rated. Um, honestly, maybe even moving into the slightly overrated, but properly rated for now. Just because, you know, that defense, it's like meh, and he really carries it pretty well. And they have the two stars, Chris Jones and him. So it's just like, it's kind of their job to really 
make sure that they don't get like worked by other teams because when you have the Chiefs offense, the defense, like all you really have to do is hold the other team to like two touchdowns and you should maybe even three and you usually win. So that's like it's not you're not asking for a ton. You're not asking for that defense to carry and like win games. They just have to do enough to hold their ground, and I think Matthew's a big part of that. Yeah, and speaking of Chiefs defense, I think a notable player that should be interesting is uh, Legarius Sneed, the corner for next year. Pretty solid rookie season. I think that would be, it's going to be interesting to see how he develops. Indeed. Um, moving on, uh, signed a new deal. You know. As for a release, he's on a new team. J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt. His whole career, underrated, but right now, properly rated. Um, people are saying, like, as soon as he signed there, that they're, like, automatically a Super Bowl team. Yes, they are a contender, possibly, but it's not like they automatically got a ticket to the Super Bowl. And I get why people got that, you know, happy <laughs> as a Cardinals fan, because when you have Chandler Jones back healthy and J.J. Watt fully healthy... Both of them, like rushing the passer, that's 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 scary. I mean, that is scary, scary. But yeah, I mean, they got D Hop, they got Kyler. I predicted Kyler winning MVP next year, and uh, I would say I would say properly rated, just because I think people acknowledge that JJ Watt's a beast, and I think he's not over over or underrated. Yeah. Next is former first round pick Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker. Um, Slightly, slightly, slightly underrated. And a year ago, I would say, like, very underrated. And now I'm saying slightly underrated still. Maybe even towards properly a little bit more properly rated. But I say that because if you look at his quarterbacks, Tua's not fully developed, as we've talked about yet. And uh, he's at Fitzmagic. I mean, we all love him, but it's not the best option. And I think if you put Devontae Parker on a team like the Packers, like I was talking about with Julio... He has good production. Maybe not as much, obviously, as Julio Jones and De- uh, Devontae Adams, but, you know, he's still putting up better numbers, obviously, with a guy like Aaron Rodgers. So. Totally. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say, like, properly, maybe slightly underrated. Next we have Tremaine Edmonds on the Bills. Underrated. Underrated. Huge component to the Bills' defense. As much as I hate to say it, he's unbelievable because, we, you know, I don't like the Bills, obviously, uh, interdivision rival. But that defense without him is not not that good. So that's all I really have to say. And, yeah, I think he's underrated, very. Moving on to our last player, certainly not least, definitely very interesting, but Derek Carr. Derek Carr. Same, I'll say the same thing I've said for a couple of these other guys. A year ago today, maybe even two years, I'd probably be saying grossly underrated. But now today, I'm going to say slight. I'm going to say properly rated. I'm going to say properly rated because I feel like people acknowledge now that he's just like kind of like an average quarterback. Because before they were saying he was bad. That's when I thought he was underrated because Derek Carr is a solid QB. But now people are like acknowledging that he is a solid QB. No, he's not like great. He's not terrible. He's somewhere in the middle. You know, he doesn't rank down low with all these like backups, you know, like... But he's not nearly in the talk about, you know, Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, all these guys. He's not there. He's somewhere in the middle grounds, like with Stafford and those kind of guys who are just, like, on the bubble. And uh, I'd say properly rated. Yeah, diving in deep a little more with Derek Carr, uh, you look back at 2015, he had an incredible, you know, breakout season. Breaks a fibula in Week 17, I think, against mm-hmm. the Titans. 
Then you have. It's always the worst when you get injured last game of the year. It's just like, right. Then you have Connor Cook, a guy with no experience, mm-hmm. goes into the wild card game against the Texans and, you know, doesn't get the job done as expected. And, you know, following year, people are kind of like expecting some pretty good things. And I just don't think Derek Carr has ever been. He's never reached his full potential. I just don't think he's ever been the same. I mean, that's a pretty big injury to deal with as well. Definitely. So, is that all? I believe, yeah, right? Is that the last one? Yeah. All right, so so that is all for the, the overrated, underrated, properly rated segment. Um, we did end up having some technical difficulties midway through. Not sure if you could tell or not, but if, if you could, we apologize about that. If not, hopefully it went smoothly, then great. Um Good episode. Uh, like I said, Jaden not with us today, but it was great to have Jared with us today. And this will not just be a one-time thing. Jared will definitely be on another episode in the future. Uh, you know, great, intelligent human being in the football world. So, you know, always provides good takes. And uh, we thank you, Jared, for coming on. You know, pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, of course. As always, follow the socials at ProReads on TikTok and on Instagram at official underscore pro underscore reads that's all we got today folks thank you that's a wrap